This podcast is sponsored by King Manual Therapy, restoring function to body and voice. Hello and welcome to Industry Minds, the podcast which discusses the importance of talking about mental health within the creative arts. My name is Cathy Reid. And I'm Scarlett Maltman. And today we are joined by yoga instructor, PT and actress, Jessica Louise Parkinson, otherwise known as Musical Theatre Yogi. Don't forget the hashtag. Oh yeah, hashtag (laughs) Musical Theatre Yogi. How are you today, Jess? I'm really well. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming along. I'm over the moon to be on this show. Thank you. It's brilliant. You're brilliant. So Jess, we always start with a game. Okay. It's a word association game. Now, don't mean to panic you, but we did just have a world record time before this interview yeah I'm so now. the timer is going on okay Kathy Reed is getting the timer up oh, I need to start breathing don't okay. I yoga techniques get those techniques in on your marks get set go cocktails straw cast change school of rock swings shows dairy milk Cadbury <laughs> travelling Bali relaxing oh shavasana Mindfulness. Ooh, eating a banana. Self-employed, self-employed. Oh, stress. Holiday. Bliss. That's it, stop the clock. Oh, you were one second. What did you say, eating a banana? Eating a banana for mindfulness. Am I right? It's because this morning I was thinking about that as I was eating my banana. I was like, eat this mindfully, Jessica. Do you know, I was watching your story the other day. um, Oh, yeah. And I was eating a banana. why did I just eat the banana like that? And I was howling. Like, I was on the train. Why am I obsessed with bananas at the minute? Mindful is eating a banana. Please not anyone who's listening. I don't have an obsession with bananas. (laughs) Clearly they're on the brain. Bananas on the brain. But you were so close. You were one second out. I think if I hadn't said eating a banana, I probably would If you just said bananas, you would have been there. (sighs) You would have been there. Would have been there. Oh well, second place is all right. <laughs> so Jess, let's get cracking and let's talk about uh, hashtag musical theatre yogi and your uh, work with yoga. So, what got you involved with yoga to begin with? So it started off. Um, I, I became a PT first. So I was having a singing lesson with a wonderful singing teacher called Emma Tro, who actually Scarlet knows. Yes. And. I was having a bit of a breakdown as we do every now and then about this industry and about you know not getting any work and not getting auditions and whatever and she just said to me she said why are you not a PT and it was a really throwaway comment but at the time she said you know I could just see you training people and and doing this sort of thing and I thought okay I'm gonna have a look into this and then me being me who just doesn't as soon as I get an idea in my head I just go for it Mm. um basically within the week I'd booked a course and was getting on doing it and and so I became a PT first and started doing fitness instructing, doing spin uh, spin classes and I, that's what I kind of fell into more than the PT. But then I started to get sort of a bit injured because I was doing so much like physical activity yeah. and I then thought, you know what, for my longevity, I also need to find something else that I love. And I'd always done yoga, but I don't think I'd fully understood, you know, the the emotional aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And so I found this course that was sort of a shorter course that I could do alongside my other work. It took a bit longer, but... And that's how I found yoga. And this injury that I'd had so much physio for and all sorts of things was the only thing that fixed it was the yoga and was the slowing down so 
that's how yoga came into my life. And honestly, those few weekends that I was doing the course over, however many weekends, they really did change everything. I just thought, I need to do this more. And I got a bit obsessed with it and now I love it. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what is it about yoga? Because obviously when we talk about mental health and well-being and mindfulness, yoga's kind of like the top thing that always kind of pops up alongside obviously therapy and meditation so you're probably the expert in this what is that about yoga what are the benefits that help improve well-being and mental health um so i think the top two things are the ability for it to bring you into the present so that's the first thing is that it brings you to the now because you're focusing on less than a million things because <laughs> mm. in our life we're always whether we're sitting here and we're thinking about the chair we're sitting on and the thing we're drinking and the person we're looking at and the dress they're wearing and all those distractions around us that are constantly in our mind as different thoughts you're kind of forced to focus on only a few things whether it be the, the sensation of a pose the feeling of your body or whether you're being told to breathe and focus on that. And that's then the second thing that I was gonna say is the breath element. When I started doing yoga, I was very about the physical side. And you know, I was being introduced, of course, on the course about the the emotional aspect, the mindfulness aspect, and the spiritual practice of yoga. Because obviously there is a spiritual practice. Um, and if we go back in history, that's kind of the main thing of it. In the Western world, it's now become more about the physical and the, the postures, as we call them, asanas in, in yoga. But the breath is definitely the magic. The inhale and the exhale, even if you're going inhale and then we're exhaling and going deep into a warrior two, for example, a big lunge position. That inhale and exhale is the thing that's doing the magic for your mind and for your mental health. Of course, the physical is is important as well. The stretching of the muscles and getting into the connective tissues and the fascia, that stuff is all doing you good as well for your mind. It's getting things moving, it's flushing you out. But it's definitely the breath that is the magic and is the key to that. I find breath fast. I know we kind of fast would help if I finish my sentence. I find <laughs> breath fascinating. Um, and I know we briefly spoke about it mm. when we met. But like, I don't, like, what is it about breath? Because I mentioned the podcast to you that I listened um, to not long ago about how, like, the, the, breath, the breath is life-changing. I know it's something we talked about with Amy Jessup and how yeah. it can, like, it can get you into an anxious state and nervous state, but then if you have complete control over your breath, it can, it can completely transform yeah. your thoughts. You know, we've got um, a breath exercise out there in the podcast from Amy Jessup about like pre and post additions and having to control it and how you know if you don't steady that breath and you'll get into that nervous state and you'll be anxious and Mm -hmm. you'll you'll be shaky why is the breath so important and why is it so powerful well if we go back to the basics of like if we go to meditation and what the goal of yoga is and was when yoga first became a thing We don't know exactly when it first became a thing, but if we go back to, for example, Patanjali, which is the yoga sutras, which is what yoga is based on, and that's generally what people talk about. And the yoga sutras were written in order for you to reach samadhi, to reach bliss, enlightenment, right? So in order to do that, he gives you steps in these yoga sutras as to how to get there. 
And if you're interested, you should definitely look into it because it, it does give you these fantastic steps as to how to get there. It's very complicated. Mm. But the basic thing is, is focusing on the breath. And in, in the case of a, a basic meditation that I'm going to just explain here, is if you bring your attention to the space between the upper lip and the bridge of the nose, call that the anapana spot. And if you bring your attention to that spot, you will probably feel that as you exhale, it'll be a bit warmer. And as you inhale, it'll be a little bit cooler. You may have to close your eyes to feel that, but that is you entirely focusing on one thing. And that one thing is the key. So yeah, the breath can do all sorts, obviously by slowing it down and, and all that sort of thing. It can, um, if we're then going into sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system, fight or flight, rest and digest. By manipulating the breath, we're gonna encourage that rest and digest system. Mm, yeah. But that one pointedness is the thing that really starts to get you moving into those higher states of consciousness and, and of bliss. Now, most of us in this life will never go as high as potentially says it's very complicated yeah. but that is the f that's the one thing I mean that is only one technique but I really feel like that is important with that breath is the one pointedness and when your mind goes away so that exercise when your mind drifts away from that space that anapana spot that little space between the bridge of the nose and the upper lip all you do is bring the mind back you don't judge that it's gone away. You don't get annoyed that it's gone away. You go, oh, it's gone away because that's the nature of the mind. Yeah. And then you bring it back. But if you do techniques, like I once posted on my Instagram, um, a few breathing exercises for people. We've got another breathing exercise where you can manipulate its alternate nostril breathing. Mm -hmm. And that obviously is manipulating the breath in a different way. And that that is stemmed in a completely different thing. That's about balancing the different sides of your body and the brain and, and things like that whether you believe that or not there is no denying that that technique is phenomenal for calming you down i just sometimes do it for five minutes before i go to sleep and it just transforms my my sleep and my yeah. everything maybe i'll put up another video about it soon and do that yeah we'll, we'll give it to you because it's at the end of this podcast. yeah so this the breath is amazing it really is can you describe just for listeners, kind of like the two states of jets. So before you found the breathing and the yoga to the kind of mental state you're in now, because mm -hmm. I feel like before I got into industry minds and started kind of my mental health journey, I used to be like, it's bullshit, like it's fucking breathing, I do it normally, it's fucking yoga, downward dog, blah, blah, blah. But it really is life changing, isn't yeah. it? It really, really is. Yeah, um, I think if I look back, um, if I go all the way back to when I was for even even 16, when I was in college, there was this like aggression and this, um, aggression is maybe strong, but there was this, obviously I was younger, so there's bound to be that sort of energy there. But, you know, even when I was at Royal Academy of Music as well, which was back in 2012, there was this sort of um, fight and like there has to be a certain element of fight I guess because in this industry it's hard mm -hmm. so we have to have that motivation I think I want to call it rather than fight but there was uh you know if I couldn't do a pirouette I was fuming with myself fuming 
and I would storm out and I would be annoyed at myself. I wasn't, and, and now I look back, I think, Jess, think what that must have looked like to other people when actually I was taking it out on myself. It wasn't about anyone else. Mm. And I think the yoga has made me be kinder to myself and it's made me calmer. And being in School of Rock has been a challenge because it's taken me away from that quite in quite a big way. I mean, as soon as you're doing eight shows a week, and I'm still trying to earn money with PT and do everything else as well on top of that, you do kind of lose that um, time to yourself to do these things. And I, it's been an interesting couple of years because little snippets of the old me have sort of reared their head being in this industry in in sort of a long-running show you're surrounded by people in a little dressing room for long periods of time and but it's taught me so much and I think that you what I was I was actually saying this to a friend this morning I know the things now that I need in order to feel okay and those things for me are my breathing exercises my physical yoga movement and reading and and expanding my mind about things I love to read books about and, and, and also nature for things. I have to be around nature and I have to be, that brings me to the present. Whereas I don't think at all I was in the present. I was always looking in the past. I was always looking at what was coming next, which we do, right? Because yeah. we're thinking, hang on, when's the next audition and when's the next job and whatever. But I think much more, I do that much less yeah. because, since I found yoga. Amazing. You're such a calm. This is the first time I've met Jess for people listening, and you've got such a calm aura yeah. around you. I'm just sitting here, like, probably look really stupid, like, <laughs> staring at because you've got a really, really just a yeah, calmness you've about got you. A presence. Just, yeah. Which is making me, I was so warm. Yeah, my mind did drift off, and I was like, I need to book into a yoga class. <laughs> oh, there you are. are. Well, you are yeah. welcome yeah. at any point. Welcome to your yoga Absolutely. class. Absolutely. So you just mentioned School of Rock there. Um, briefly chat to us kind of your um, journey in the acting industry how long you get <laughs> you got all day um, okay so let me go right back to the beginning because I think it's quite important so when I was 18 I um, I got into Mountview and I didn't get the funding and at the time there was no way that we could have funded that so my boyfriend at the time was here in London and there was no way I was staying up north. I like straight, I, I look back, I said to my parents, I'm like, how did you let me move down when I had nothing? And I just moved down, lived with a guy that I'd known from up north and I got a job working in Guess, uh, the clothes shop in Covent Garden and started working. I found a short course with Associated Studios. It was the first ever musical theatre course that they did. It was only yeah. three month, three month course. And I did that with them. And obviously it was hard being with a partner who was at Mountview at the time. So me seeing him doing that and me being like, I want to be there. <laughs> but this three month course was really brilliant. And I got, I, a girl who was working there um, was working for an agent. And I said to her, I really would like to meet your agent. Would, would I be able to, if I hired a room at Pineapple and got a pianist, would he come along? And she said, I really think he would. And anyway, he did. He came along and I managed to sign with him okay. from there. And um, from there, I got a job in China, in Macau. It was at the Venetian Macau. And it's basically, you go and you sing on a gondola. 
for I six months. Yeah. And I was only 20 at the time. And obviously I was shitting myself. I was like, am I really going to go over to China for six months? And I've got a long-term boyfriend. And mm-hmm. I, but, but I was like, I'm going to do it because I need something different. So I went over there, did that for six months, came back a completely different person. But was like, I just, after that, I realised I wasn't good enough. I was like, Jess, you're not good enough to, to be competing with these people that have done three years and have done these you know intense trainings and I knew Mary Hammond at the time because mm-hmm. I'd auditioned for her previously for, for Royal Academy even though I was too young and I hadn't got in because I thought I'd got into Mount View so she said oh look I think you should do three years anyway I got in touch with her about the next course and she said look you'll have to come in and audition but obviously I remember you and Anyway, I ended up going, ended up getting in. I'd saved the money in China to do the course. Mm -hmm. Did a year there, uh, got new representation, who I'm still with now, and just felt 100% better about my talent. Like I had a different different singing teacher, a different dance teacher, a different acting teacher, and everything was just coming together Mm. there. And it's just been like a a fight since then um, to, to get seen and to get jobs and, and you know, I would get pretty far in auditions and stuff, but there was always that thing that I was like, am I actually good enough to do this? So I keep getting to certain stages and then it's not happening or I wasn't wasn't getting seen for things. And, and then obviously eight years later, nine years later nearly, I got my first ever big West, West End job. And I'd done little things before that, but I, re- I have refused to work for free for yeah. my whole career. Mm-hmm. And, and not, I don't judge anyone that does it if they can yeah. afford it and stuff like absolutely but I just have never been able to do that and you know I also don't want people to work for free I want mm. people to get what they're worth you know yeah, so it's been a long wait and I wow. feel like it's been a fight but kind of just feels like worth it and it feels like everything happened for a reason that time in China as much as it was hard it did change me as a person I experienced a different culture I earned money and then was able to come back and use that money for something fantastic and ram is brilliant royal academy is brilliant yeah such a it was such a fantastic year it's probably one of the best years of my life even though i was not very nice to myself for the year (laughs) amazing i think it's so inspiring to hear like like you said there like eight nine years and then you've like you've got like school school of rock yeah yeah so let's get on to uh, mental health now can you talk to us about your experiences with it yes um so i think I say I think, and I do know, but I've never been diagnosed with depression. But I know that I have struggled with it in the past, and from from quite a young age, I think as well. Mm-hmm. Probably from around sixteen, or maybe even fifteen, sixteen, I knew that I had definite up moods, down moods, definite sort of swings, and um, and when I moved to London, it definitely intensified because you know I was working in a in a shop and trying to get by trying to get auditions and and witnessing other people around me doing what I wanted to do and that is a hard thing to deal to deal with and I definitely have been in some really really low places I have to say again what you were saying that if people are skeptical about it I do understand it if you're in that place of depression and you're in that place of of helplessness me saying that yoga transformed my life is probably not going to sound great to you right now but genuinely find I don't even know whether it was the yoga I feel like finding something else 
that I had a passion for was a really big help. Of course, all the techniques and all of the fantasticness that comes with yoga has played a humongous role. But even just finding another thing to put my energy into has really helped uplift me. And I do still have those times where I, I got given a book by a friend and I haven't read it all. It's very complicated. I will tell you, I can't remember the name of it. I did put an Instagram post about it. It's really complicated. But I was reading a, a chapter that was talking about low mood. And actually, that maybe low mood is necessary. So it, it sort of describes about how when you're having this low mood, maybe it is your mind telling you that you need this time to chill or to, and it may not feel very chilled. It may feel like, why am I demotivated? And you're questioning yourself, like, why am I demotivated? Why have I not got any get up and go? Why do I not want to get out of bed today? Maybe it could be to do with your body and mind saying, you need to slow down. And one thing that I will actually bring up that because you've asked me the most recent thing that I've experienced was the beginning of this year I I actually think it was the toughest mental health time of my life and we were buying a house and it's just very stressful they say it's the most stressful thing you ever do genuinely I think it is but I now I'm a huge believer in your your mental state affecting you physically I've seen it in other people. I have witnessed it in myself now as well. And I went through a period of time where I had tinnitus in my ears. Yeah, I know. Weird, right? I was like, what is happening to me? Why have I got tinnitus? And it was around the time that I'd started therapy as well. So I started therapy at the end of last year. Um, And the reason I started that is because I couldn't switch off. When I started the second year of School of Rock, I went away, did the yin course, came back, and then was just like, I need to do everything to do yoga for creatives, and I need to write blogs, and I need to do videos, and I couldn't stop. And I thought, hang on, Jess, you're going to implode. Why can't you switch your mind off? And that's why I went in the first place. And then when all this stuff happened with the, the house, and I was going through therapy, and we were in the middle of cast change, the biggest one we'd ever had, right? We were getting the new adults in and new kids getting called in at 10 a.m., like, on top of doing shows, it was insane. Mm-hmm. And my, my ears went, and I was like, why have I got, why have I got tinnitus? I went to therapy, and I said, I don't know what's going on here. And I'd obviously went to the doctor as well about it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything that had, could have been fixed with pills or with anything. I tried Brunt Daroff exercise, you've heard of them. No. If you get, um, some people who get tinnitus or get, um, what's it, Meniere's disease. If you sit on your bed, if you turn your head to the left, you then drop down onto your right hand side. And it's, if you've got like vertigo as well, cause I was getting a bit of vertigo, oh. it, it will make the vertigo worse in the moment. But when, after you've done it how many times, it helps shift what they, I think it's like crystals in your ears or something. I'm not an expert, sorry yeah. if you're listening going, that's not right. <laughs> Um, but I even tried that and it wasn't doing anything. Yeah. And honestly, it was to do with stress. It was the stress. Most other things happened to me physically as well. And, and also, at that time, I didn't feel like I had much support either. Mm. I didn't feel like when I was saying to people, I am not okay. I did feel as if I was still hit with this wall of, oh, well, just get on with it. You'll be all right. And actually... That is not 
how we need to approach things. And I think there is still, in certain aspects of this industry, there's still this sort of attitude of, well, you've just got to get on and do it. Mm. When actually sometimes you can't. I think it's what you just touched on there, you know, and it's certainly something we covered in series one and two, the fact like, you were buying a house, you were in West End Musical, getting, going through a cast change, and it's how other people perceive, oh, but that, you, you've got loads of money, you're buying a house, you're in a West End, you're living, you're, you mustn't, you're you living mustn't be, you mustn't be depressed, you are completely fine, bog off, and it's, how can you possibly, and it's like, no, no, like, absolutely not, like, we are all humans, regardless of where you are in your life, yeah. we're still humans, and we yeah. still have mental health it's issues, and I think, it is, yeah, exactly what you just said there is yeah and actually that's a really really good point because sometimes I say to myself Jess think about what you are doing and think about before you had this this job and stuff and you, you dreamt about having a house and all these things but like that's how I feel right yeah, now and that's what feel. I'm feeling and and also you know I, I used to feel bad like I've got a really close friend who I said oh you know I don't want to moan about some days at my job I'm moaning about things and she said Jess it doesn't matter what job you're in and you could moan mm. it doesn't matter if you're earning 100k like yeah. there will be a time when you want to moan and it's okay yes. and there'll be a time when you don't feel good but yeah you're right and that is a bit of a sort of a stigma isn't it like on on that sort of thing well even if you look at the like Kate Spade for example like hugely successful took her own life if you look at kind of not not just saying only that but if you look at like a really top kind of all the top dogs in any industry Alexander McQueen Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. like did they have support probably not and I think yes and and you can't judge mental health okayness based on success and also you can get perceived as a bit of a machine and I know what I put out on my social media probably makes me look as if I'm a bit of a machine mm-hmm. in the sense of like, you know, I try to put out so much positivity and, and so and so much, up, like so many uplifting things. Yet, you know, we're not always like that. And I do as well try and put out the truth as well. Like not so, only a couple of weeks ago, I put out a blog, um, which I called uh, Rejection and Resilience. And I just had a rejection from a job. And I really, in that moment felt, hard done by in that moment I was like this is shit and I feel horrendous and in that moment I filmed myself singing a song and was like right Jess just sing and just prove that you can still sing and that you're good at what you do and then I wrote a blog to accompany it and that blog was probably like a vulnerable a very vulnerable side of me and actually someone said to me like are you alright because that was quite like, you know, quite a sad blog. I was like, thank you for asking if I'm all right. I am okay, mm-hmm. but I needed to put that out there. And also another friend then messaged me saying, thanks for putting that out there because I really needed to read that. Yeah. So I think it's kind of like social media can be a real tough place to be yeah. as well. Because we do tend to put out, because when we're feeling good, that's when we want to put stuff out, right? Yeah. When you're feeling low, you don't really want to put on a, uh, like anything on there. But I think it's important to get a balance. Balance, absolutely. And know that everyone does need their downtime and not everyone's machine. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. And now a word from our sponsor, King Manual Therapy. 
So today I am in the King Manual Therapy Clinic in Covent Garden with the wonderful Stephen King himself and he has been conducting some new research which he's going to tell us about and it's absolutely fascinating. Stephen, take it away. Okay, thanks Cathy. So I had a question which is, is Singer's acid reflux really what we think it is? And I think the answer is no, because over a five-week trial period, 100% of the subjects have been cured of their symptoms of acid reflux. I mean, you can see the graph here they can't it's a good graph am i right i can see the graph and it's a great <laughs> graph so we put together a successful treatment protocol to alleviate the symptoms of singer's acid reflux and for now it's working in 100 percent of cases whoop whoop and where can people find out more about the research that you have conducted? So I'm in the process of presenting it and publishing it next year at the World Voice Teachers Expo and hopefully at the BVA. And this work is going to be written up into a paper and published by me. So look out on social media, that kind of thing. But I'll be posting screenshots and stuff all the time. So make sure you check it out 2020. It'll be properly published and it's very, very interesting. So thanks, Stephen. Thanks for having me in the clinic again. Thanks, Cathy. If you'd like to book in with Stephen or one of the team at King Manual Therapy, go to kingmanualtherapy.com where you can find all the options. So uh, chat to us about your business, Yoga for Creatives, Musical yes. Theatre Yogi. How yeah. did all that get started? Um, so when I was feeling um, a little bit down about the theatre stuff and out, just I was thinking I'm, I'm never going to get a long-term job and how am I going to do this? I thought, right... I need to introduce yoga to other people because this is what's keeping me going. This is what's definitely making me not quit. The focus on something else and the, the what, what it's doing for my mental health as well. It's, it's keeping me going, right? So I thought, I need to introduce this to other people. And so I met up with a friend and we sat down and bandied around ideas and he brought up the word creatives because I couldn't think of what it was going to be, yoga for actors, yoga for performers. And he was like, creatives is a good word because it, it's, it, I mean, everyone's a creative really, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, you don't necessarily have to be in musical theatre or an actor or mm -hmm. whatever, like you could be a painter or a writer, like you are under the creative umbrella. Yeah. Um, so I paid for some space and the, the first thing I wanted to do was get videos out there for people on YouTube and I, I I need to do more and I know I do because they were very successful and I think that people would benefit from mm. them it's just the time element because that's what I'm kind of looking forward to yeah. leaving School of Rock actually because I will have more time to do that yeah. and uh, obviously it costs a lot of money to, to do them if you do it properly as well um but yeah I started put I started the videos and um I did a couple of vlogs and stuff and then I got into the stage, um, a friend of mine contacted, um, I think you might know Giveny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she came to one of my workshops and then she did a lovely little article about it and said that... She's know, massive on mental health. She is. Yeah, she's brilliant. She's fab. Such a lovely lady. Yeah, mm -hmm. she's lovely. Um, and uh, she put out there, like, this is Jess's work. She's It's like a platform for performers that want to in, get, get into yoga and whatever. And then it kind of just went from there and I feel like it was put on hold when I then got School of Rock. It was kind of put on hold for a while. And then in the last year is when I've really gone, you know what, I need to do this more. And I wanted to get classes out there. I have tried to get into drama schools, but you're kind of, um, you're kind of hit with a bit of a wall because um, obviously drama schools are so busy anyway. Mm -hmm. Trying to fit things in is so difficult. 
but um, a lot of the time I've had I've had people sort of say, oh, you know, we already do um, we already do mental health classes and we already do this, and and I was like, I just want to come in once, just once for you guys to to feel what this can do and to talk to you about what this has done for me, and sh- I'm sure that will happen in time, and I have been into a few places, um, but I, I thought, you know what, I need to get classes out there now. So I started my own one on a Friday, which I thought was ideal for people before a show, whether they're in front of house or whether they're in a show or whether they're coming from an audition or whatever. So that's in Sh- on Shaftesbury Avenue on a Friday. Um, and then Pineapple, who had previously declined my offer to be a teacher there, because they, they were like, we don't really want a themed class, we just want yoga. And then I'd started working alongside Physio Ed Medical at Belsize Park and we were working together and um, they've been recommending me to people as a yoga teacher on PT and I think that kind of made people just I don't know whether it made people take me more seriously or something yeah. which you know fine thank you I appreciate it um, Physio Ed are brilliant by the way they're so lovely um, and then yeah I got in touch with Pineapple again and they were like yeah we might have a slot do you want to come in and chat so I was able to pitch the class to them and then I now have a slot on a Monday lunchtime at Pineapple. And it, it's very it's a very different vibe because obviously Pineapple is Pineapple. So you kind of, it's it's a lot more, there's things going on around you and there's music and there's things. But I think it's important for it to be there and I hope that it will do well. It because will. obviously dancers, you know, it's as important to, for dancers to to come and look after their bodies. And a, a lot of things we do in the classes are about body awareness because knowing your body and your mind is so important whether you know about whether you know that your hip is just a little bit off is there something there or whether you know there's something a bit off in my mind sorry no, no, no. she looked she at her hip. hip she said hip and I'm like my hip's always oh, really? my hip's always been an issue for me and really? I was like oh she knows yeah. <laughs> I know just, just sensing it it's like there's a red bubble here and no, she's that like, weird. hip <laughs> that's creepy yeah, yeah. she sensed it she <laughs> sensed it no no not at all but you, you know it's sometimes you know when you need something mentally as well mm. but sometimes you might you might not be in tune with that I'm I am very in tune with my body and my mind but that's because I do this all the time and I think if you're new to it it is a skill getting to know yourself and when you need something because you actually suddenly might just have a breakdown and go where's that come from yeah. or you might recognize the signs earlier if you're more in tune with yourself and your yeah. body and your mind yeah Maybe. So on the topic of that chat to us about how it's all linked emotionally, mentally, and physically. Oh, it's just, it's just amazing how it's linked, isn't it? It's um, well, I'm a huge believer. I don't know whether I've said this already because I said it to a friend this morning. In um, pain and issues in the body can manifest from mental issues. I've seen it in other people, and as I described before about my tinnitus, mm. I've witnessed it and had it myself. There's an amazing book that I did put in a vlog a long time ago. I haven't even seen, I haven't watched the blog in so long, so it could be nonsense now. I might go back and go, oh, Jess, you need to uh, do that again. But there's a book called uh, Healing Back Pain that is all about back pain being caused by repression and anger. And people who have back pain, and I'm maybe listening to this, will maybe think, hang on, don't you dare tell me that my pain is caused by my mind because that's a horrible thing to yeah. for someone to say. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you're in pain, 
someone going maybe look at your mind is not really going to help you in that moment you're probably going to get upset and annoyed right because you want a quick fix and you want a pill that will help but genuinely a lot of things with our body can be alleviated maybe not fixed completely but can be alleviated if we do help the mind first i um suffered with ibs quite badly a few months ago to the point where one day i was up in the wig room at school of rock and i was doubled over in agony right I tried all sorts. I was like, am I suddenly lactose intolerant? <laughs> like, I stopped eating um, cheese, stopped eating, um, drinking milk and stuff, and it sort of did help for a while. Then it didn't. It came on stronger. I'm going to admit this on this podcast, okay? And I'm really happy for you to take the mick out of me for this, okay? <laughs> I went to A&E one day after School of Rock. I went to, well, I did get referred there, by the way, so it wasn't completely me being a moron. And it turned out that it was trapped wind. <laughs> this is what I mean about body awareness, okay? I was so, in the moment, I was like, there is something wrong with my body. You're like, appendix was exploding. Yeah, yeah, one of the guys at work, of, um, I don't hold this against him if he's listening to this, but he was like, oh, sounds like a hernia. So I obviously, so obviously started going into, A&E. yeah, oh so I started God. going into panic mode, right? <laughs> And then went to the doctor, to the walk-in centre, and he went, oh, because of the location, I think you should go to a Went to a She literally laid me down and went, you've got wind. <laughs> I went, and I was fuming. I was like, absolutely not. Don't you dare tell me that I've got oh wind, right? God. She went, what can I do to convince you that there's nothing wrong with you? She was like, would you like me to scan you? I was like, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> she got out, you know, the, like, the ultrasound. ultrasound, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, look at your belly. She said, I can't see your organs for the gas that is in your you're in in there and it was crazy and the point of this story is that i um have just read a book called um the diet myth right because she recommended it actually this um, she was lovely actually i think she at first was a bit like get out (laughs) but then she was really sweet um and it was all about um you know like like you said like mentally Mm. mental linked links to the body and stuff and genuinely, when I now look back at the times that I had the IBS flare-ups, I can link it to something that happened that caused anxiety. Oh. And I now know that anxiety causes my IBS. Mm-hmm. Like, 100%. Yeah. And also, like, having a really varied diet does help IBS as well. Like, making sure... You know how we get into habits of eating the same breakfast every day yeah. or whatever? Yeah. And you can sort of get intolerant to things. Having a varied diet can, of course, really help that. Mm. But definitely the anxiety was what caused that really Something's bad. just popped into my mind there while you're talking that. I think it's a great example, so I'm going to say it. When you have an addition or it's like first show and you have the shits. Right. Right. There you go. Right. I'm yeah, sure. Of course. I'm sure we all know. Yeah. And that, yeah. to me, is a, a clear indication of mind, that your mind body. Your mind of course. Yes. Yeah. The pre-show shits. Yeah. Well, in China, um, in Chinese medicine, I don't know how much you know about Chinese medicine. It's really fascinating. No. Obviously, like acupuncture is, is Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. And in my yin yoga course, the level two, it's all about TCM. That's um, traditional Chinese medicine it stands okay. for. So if you see that anywhere, that's what it stands for. TCM. And we in the Western world are very led by the brain, right? So we believe that this area is the center of everything, is our brain. In Chinese medicine, they believe that the stomach is is your center. Yeah. And everything, and if you actually think about it, 
where do babies lead, lead from? They lead from the tummy as they're walking, as they start to walk, they lead from their tummy. They lean back and their tummy's going forward. And our gut feelings, our oh, stomach yeah. turning over when we're nervous or when we're anxious, the shits like yeah. you know what I mean it, it, and it's quite fascinating obviously I could go into wow, loads no, with Chinese so medicine interesting. but Chinese medicine is fascinating and um, the level 2 yin yoga you can um, you can tailor yin yoga to target the meridian lines which are the lines when you put acupuncture needles in they, they're not just randomly placed yeah, yeah. they are placed in a specific place that affects oh. a specific organ so the line that runs up the back you know could target the kidney and that's where they're targeting so in yin yoga, that's what we were learning about how we can tailor the, the classes to to those sorts of areas, which is very complicated and I wish that I could learn more, but yeah. That is um, mind-blowing. Like know. It is. I was sitting there with my, mind, with my mouth open the whole week of the course. I was like, <laughs> I actually need to do that course again because there was just so much information. I couldn't absorb it all. Yeah. I was like, I need to do this. I need to do a three-year course in TCM to understand it. But it is amazing, yeah. Amazing. Wow. That's so cool about the tummy thing. I know. It's very true though, isn't it? It's so true. The Western world is so different, you know, like with ev- with everything that we do. It's it's a very yeah. different approach. And yeah, I feel like we've got it right over there. Do you know what I mean? Like, just not necessarily like right, but they seem to be more... I hate using the word zen, but they do seem to be a bit more zen. I think it's more in tune with their in environment. Tune, yeah, more, that's it. I think it's more present. I think it's when you're more in touch with nature as well. Like um, a book that I'm reading at the minute called Race Science is talking about how the perceived um, the perceived thing of like if in the Western world, if you're more advanced with technology and with um, you know whatever mm. industry that you're somehow better than someone else or that, that, you're, that your country or that you're, that you're better because you're more advanced with all these things. Actually, these guys that are living and don't have this technology, they're probably way more content than we are. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, quite, it's quite fascinating. That book is amazing, by the way, Race Science. I'm, not, I'm only a chapter in, but it's fantastic. Yeah, so... Interesting. Yeah. I feel like I want to come and just like listen to you talk for like <laughs> and be like, right, okay, this is why I need to my TED Talk. I love it. I just use everyone else's stuff. I just read books and go, wow, I'm going to relay this to other people. I love it though. I love it. So, as an actor then who has their own business, are there any aspects of this that have an effect on mental health? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think the idea of what success is, as in like you know how many following followers do you have and how many clients do you have and and how big is your business? Do do people know about it? Do people care about it? And I think that it can affect you because you kind of feel like success is based on numbers, um, which isn't the case because. You know, like I said, I had one person after that blog say how much it had helped them, and that was just brilliant. That one person that had affected, and surely, and probably, it affected more than one, but that one person reached out. So I think it's kind of like, it's trying to keep a, a lid on it, and, on just, and just going, you know, it will build at the rate that it builds, and if, if it doesn't work out, you tried. 
you really tried and it can it can take a toll as well like financially and that obviously can affect you mentally as well if you know when I hire this space in Shaftesbury Avenue if I don't get my um at least six people then I'm, I'm making a loss and that can sometimes be a bit mm. discouraging but I've been there before and I know that it builds so you have to trust it but in the moment if there's just two people there you're a bit like yeah, and that can affect you a bit. But you also have to go, no, these two people have come here because they love what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I guess just the, the pressure you put on yourself to be a certain, like get, get a certain um, outcome from things. Yeah. Well, you, you, have to put this, you have to put this out. You have to send out an email because otherwise people don't know what you're doing. And you have to do a video. You have to put things on Instagram all the time. Otherwise people aren't gonna, you're gonna lose your following. You just put pressure on yourself, don't you? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it can take its toll. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. Just when you mentioned there about um, the risk of obviously hiring the studio and then if only two people turns up, blah, 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 blah. How important is it in taking risks in this industry, be it if you're a creative, if you're um, an actor, although that's still under the creative umbrella, but actor, these creatives, everything. How important is it truly to take risks in this oh, industry? I think it's so important if you can, if you can. That's the thing, I, like in my most recent blog, I put about, you know, I'm, I'm aware that I have, I have a lot of privilege in the sense that right now I do have an, a job that pays me weekly. So I do have a little bit of money spare that I can lose that money if, mm-hmm. if needs be. Not forever, <laughs> please. <laughs> but I'm aware that I have that privilege to take a risk. And we have to acknowledge that, that not everyone will be able to. But it is important, because it is important if you can, because otherwise, how will you ever know? Yeah. How would you know it, it will, if that class would take off, if I didn't give it time, mm-hmm. and if I didn't invite people along, and, and if I didn't email that person, or, you know, I think we're very scared in this industry as well to to not reach out to to reach out to people sorry um whereas we're all humans Mm -hmm. you know as long as you're not taking the piss and and emailing people like seven times a week but you know if you see something that is right for you and you think i could do that well write to the director write Mm -hmm. to that person and also you like someone said to me the other day about like using people and not in a not in in an taking advantage way but using people who have contacts like at school of rock i've met quite a few people now that are in the industry and if if i think oh that person might be able to ask them about an audition or they might be able to you know i'm gonna do it yeah for sure i'm even like this podcast we we have contacted people who we know will help not only grow the content of the podcast but get the message out there absolutely do you know what i mean i think it's using you know, using people in a really beneficial yeah. way that will help. Do yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Helping each other rather than... Yeah, like, I think that's yeah. something we don't Absolutely. do enough, is helping yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah the, the, um, what I did a... Um, I did my first ever blog that I did was for a casting site. Who's it for? I can't remember who it was for. I think I remember it. I think I read it. A long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was my first ever one, and it was about... Um, how, how yoga can help creatives, basically. And um, in the very last section of my of the blog, I touched on I, like the taboo subject of jealousy and envy. 
And I was actually speaking about it again with a friend this morning about how previously I would have been that person. Like, and not in a way of like, that I wasn't happy for the people. If I, if I saw success, mm-hmm. of course I'd be happy for a friend. But when you are not doing it, you can feel bitter and you can feel like, oh, it's really hard for me to say well done to you because I feel so, like, it, it stings you, right? But the yoga stuff helped me get beyond that because it brought me into the present more and it made me more content. And I think the word content is so important. If you can find a contentness, contentedness, or whatever the word is, <laughs> um, <laughs> then you're going to be able to respond to people better. You're going to be able to listen to people better. You're going to walk into an audition room and not feel like desperate and that this is my only chance and I have to do well. And when someone does well, you're going to be able to look at them and go, well done, mate. Like, that is amazing. And you're going to be able to go, hey, there's an audition next week that I've got and you'd be really good for it. So just get onto your agent or write to this person yeah, yeah. and at school of rock like quite a lot of us have that that with us and it's it's a really nice thing um and i think it is to do with contentness and and f- and for me because I, ha- I found yoga and fitness and stuff finding that other thing that i love that helped me also find that so I think like even if it's not like another career, but just finding things that you love and that can you can put your energy into as well. Because I do not think it was a coincidence at all that I got School of Rock just after I started Yoga for Creatives. Yeah. Because I was putting a lot of my energy into that. So that when I went into the School of Rock audition room, I was like, cool, this is gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going in going, I have to get this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, completely, totally understand. I think it just gives it some perspective as well that, you know, I feel like often in this industry you can feel like this is the only thing, acting is the only thing, and you're just consumed into this little, like, concrete bubble and sometimes it can be so hard to get out. Whereas then if you take, like, just get out of that for even, like, an hour doing yoga and go, actually, the most important thing is probably my body and my health Mm -hmm. rather than... Yeah. getting that job do you know what I mean I think yeah and I think finding the things that work for you because maybe maybe getting on your mat for an hour isn't the thing for you maybe walk like meditation doesn't have to be sitting down and upright for the whole mm. 10-15 minutes or whatever you want to do like a lot of people do walking meditation like we've got a lovely park near us in Crystal Palace yes and that's a lovely sort of area that you can just walk around and breathe and take in nature and I know I've said that previously <laughs> Jess loves nature yeah. uh, but it does bring me back to to the now and it connects me to the earth and it connects mm. me to other people as well you know yeah. by by watching other people walk around yeah. and with their dogs and with whatever like I think it's important that you you find out what makes you feel good and when you're not getting that make time for it mm-hmm. yeah I mean even like the past few days I haven't had even a second to just sit on my sofa and watch the tv and that's an important thing sometimes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just yeah, to, you know, sit down and, and chill and just switch yeah. your mind off for a while. When I don't have, like, nighttime Netflix time or night nighttime Love Island time, because Love <laughs> Island is on at the moment, I, I, I do not, yeah, I do yeah. not feel rested. Yeah. yeah. I do not feel rested. That's mm-hmm. what... It's my thing. Yeah. It's my thing. You mentioned something earlier just about listening and responding to people. 
So on your website, which is a uh, little plug here, musicaltheatreyogi.co.uk, Thank you. you have uh, a link to some vlogs you've done, and you did one on mental health in which you said, we listen to respond, not listen to understand, which is something that I've heard banded about a little bit, but I'd love to get your opinion on it. Can you explain more about this and why this way of listening can be detrimental to mental health? Yes, oh, I forgot I said that. That is a vlog from a while ago, isn't it? Yeah, yeah really good. Um, actually, in my li- in my last Friday class, we we based it around um, react uh, the difference between reacting and responding, because you know when you're um, maybe not fully present, you can react rather than respond and I think that is the same what you're talking about with the list what I said what I said yeah yeah, it's really important about um listening to understand because we we all have our our prejudice prejudice and, and and judgment you can't get rid of it right you you go on to apple podcasts and you, you're scrolling through and you see a picture of someone, you instantly, whether you realise it or not, are making a judgement because you go, do you want to watch that? Do I want to listen to that or do I not? Mm. Yeah, so what I wrote there about the listening to understand rather than the listening to respond, it's the first thing, I guess, is as if you are an actor listening to this, which I see most people probably are, um, I mean, that's quite important as a performer, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because if you are already layering your thoughts on top of things, you're not gonna be able to properly listen. And that can affect your mental health because obviously, the more thoughts you've got going on in your mind, the more detrimental to your mental health because mm-hmm. you're gonna have too much going on. And and that, that's what I was saying about the, the single um, focused breath, focusing on that one thing because we call, in yoga we call them vrittis and they're like thoughts and everything that's going on they're just constantly there it's constantly mashing up the mind and if you've got them going on and you've already got things to say you're not going to be properly listening to the person that's that's there with you and so you're listening to respond rather than listening to understand and I think I, I think I probably said that in the vlog because it's quite a long time ago that I did that vlog but that I think that's one of the really big issues with the world is that we're always like people in power especially they're not listening to to understand the issues they're they're listening already with preconceived ideas and actually I'm doing an anatomy course at the minute and they actually speak about that in the anatomy course about like don't go at a pause with your preconceived idea because each person's body is different if we're taking away the mental aspect right now like your hip joint is going to be very different to my hip joint so then how are you how do i expect you to do exactly the same thing as me mm-hmm. and like that pre, that thing of preconceived ideas not putting them on situations or on other people and that class that we did about um, reacting and responding, when we react, we, we can potentially be volatile or in a physical asana class, yoga class, we could potentially injure ourselves. Whereas if we're responding to the body or to the person, then we're going to be much more present and we're gonna be able to deal with that, whatever it is, much more calmly and, and, and in a better way, right? Yeah, sure. So I mean, it's easier said than done, isn't it? Like, but um, of course, of course. But we can all make 
like strives to try and absolutely do stuff like that and more more like kind of notice when you're doing it yeah and like oh i'm not listening yes right now. yes I'm, i just want to say what i want to say uh-huh yeah mm-hmm. and it's amazing that mental note yeah and then next time you'll do it less yeah do it less. absolutely yeah. and it's it's okay yeah of course yeah. it is like yeah. it's because we do all do it yeah you know and it's totally fine it's just like being aware of it 100 percent. yeah that's it oh. so last question jess <gasps> Could you walk into a room today and say you're having a bad mental health day? What was that inflection on the air? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it depends what room it is, but I, I definitely feel like I can, yeah. Go on, great. In fact, no, it doesn't depend what room it is, actually. I can, because I've done it. Even in a room that I've thought I'm not going to get the response I want, I've still said it. Really? Yeah. Go on, girl. You have to. Yeah. You know, like... You have to sometimes just go, you know what? I'm not feeling great. Yeah. And then that one hug that that person might give you might just change your day. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Amazing. Yeah. Great. Amazing. Jess, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so for having much. me. Yeah. It's been so a pleasure. Much. Not quite done yet. <gasps> we have a game. Oh my God. Finish the sentence. Nothing Are you about ready? bananas, okay? Nothing about bananas. <laughs> no, I, I want everyone to be about bananas. <laughs> and this isn't time, so don't worry about this. Right. Okay, the thing I'm most looking forward to this week is? I am um, doing a photo shoot with two friends of mine, mm-hmm. uh, the one I told you about, who um, I only just met, mm-hmm. and the other one I'm only just about to meet on Friday as well, and we Amazing. already feel like we're friends, but I've not actually met her, and we're doing a little photo shoot together on Friday. Oh, I really wanted you to say, to eat your banana. (laughs) I have got one in my bag. I actually do have one in my bag. To eat your banana later. (laughs) Should I eat it on the podcast this time? Do it. it. Come on. (laughs) Like some ASMR. Yeah. (laughs) I am really great at cooking. Indian paneer curry. (gasps) This is quite a big question. Yoga is? Everything. Mm -hmm. My ideal holiday destination would be? Mm. Bali. Mental health to me is? Increasingly important. Mm -hmm. My favourite time of day is? Mid-morning. Chill out time. Chill out time. Um, Today I woke up and thought? I slept terribly. Really? Oh, really unfortunate, yeah. Shame. It's quite muggy. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it? I I had a really busy day yesterday. Um loads of different people were like visiting my house mm. and I had someone staying with me and I didn't have time to um to do any meditation yesterday and I think it really did affect okay. my sleep. Yeah. The yes. importance the, the importance, importance. The importance. Um, everyone should be more open. And finally, my one luxury item on a deserted island would be... My yoga mat. Oh, I've got a bonus question. Bonus! (laughs) Bananas are meaningful to me because... They give me energy. Amazing. loves a banana. (laughs) I love a banana. This is so weird. Genuinely, I'm not actually that obsessed with bananas. Can I just say, though, I used to be obsessed with bananas. And I had one every single day. I made banana bread, you know, they were in everything and my smoothie. I haven't touched a banana for about three months. I'm on the pears Second at the moment. yourself of them, eh? mm. I used to have one on my um, porridge every morning, but now I have strawberries with mm. honey and it's so good. I'm going to bring back the banana. Yeah. Starting from next week. Excellent. <laughs> You've inspired me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
are welcome. Thank <laughs> right, so for anyone listening, uh, Scarlett has just tried to say thank you for coming on the podcast, and now she's crying with laughter. So now she's crying. Now she she's can't so speak. upset. I'm and now she can't speak. I want to hear that back. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Industry Minds. If you're interested in our counselling services, please email mary at industryminds.co.uk. For all other inquiries, please email info at industryminds.co.uk. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media at industrymindsuk. You can find out about all our future guests and our future events on there. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week.